Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hello, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. The main focus of the show is to highlight and showcase the stories of minority women in STEM. It is my belief that if we want to encourage minority girls to pursue STEM careers, they should first hear and learn from those who have lived those stories. It is my job to provide a safe environment for them to do so. So let's welcome this beautiful and vivacious woman in STEM to our show. Hello and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. I am glad that you guys are here. We have yet another episode with yet another fabulous minority woman in STEM. Um, here to tell us uh, her story, I am, as always, I am excited. I am here to learn, and I really am excited to have Tasha Henderson on the show today. So hi, Tasha. Hi. How are you? I am well. How are you? I am great. I am great. Blessed. Good. I am. I'm really. First, I always like to thank my guests. So thank you for agreeing to be one of my guests. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. I am excited. I feel honored uh, to be on here with Stimming and Stilettos. So I am so excited. Thank you so much, Dr. Anderson. <laughs> You're welcome. Do you have your stilettos on? <laughs> Actually, I don't right now. <laughs> I, know, I bet. <laughs> um, since we are all at home. Um, yeah, I have my flip-flops on uh, if I'm being uh, totally tra- transparent. So. I know. Uh, me too. <laughs> Okay, Tasha, so um, as I said, the first question is always, tell us your STEM story. Okay, my STEM story started back, I believe, when I was pretty much uh, five years old. I remember being outside and always in the backyard exploring um, digging for worms and just fascinated by uh, nature and the things that nature had to offer. So I would be playing with garter snakes and uh, basically building all kind of dirt castles as I imagined different things in my head and always had to be pulled from outside of uh, just in science and just engrossed in it. So uh, it's kind of started there as I moved through uh, elementary school I've always excelled pretty much in sciences, math and science. I was always drawn to the analytical part of things, the logical part of things. Um, so moving into pretty much high school, I was involved in, um, it was programs uh, centered around women in science. So one of them was women in science engineering. Um, I much get involved in those things in high school and knew that I wanted to definitely do something that was uh, geared toward 
towards, at the time, of course, it wasn't STEM, but I knew it was something I wanted to do here towards the engineering field. Um, so pretty much I kind of geared myself around those things, took the classes, um, made sure and tried to make sure that I got my grades to, together when it came to um, math and science. And I like English, but that wasn't a thing that was kind of really like pushing me and pushing me forward. So uh, going into college, I pretty much went to a school that was uh, a tech, tech, technology uh, school geared towards engineering and majored in mechanical engineering and uh, studied that uh, for four years and then had internships and those things, those privileges of that. And I ended up getting my bachelor's in math and physics. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so um, that's pretty much my STEM story when it came to academics. And then as I moved into the professional world, I ended up um, pretty much being a, a database administrator going into uh, computer analyst, system analyst work, and moved into the education field after years in the corporate arena. So, and now I'm pretty much a STEM manager uh, in Chicago for one of the um, huge districts. And I am pursuing my PhD in educational technology. Nice. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So you have you have a little bit of everything. <laughs> yes. I love every field of, of STEM. I'm really truly a STEM geek, as I call it, because I have pretty much worked in every area, science, math, engineering, and technology. So so okay, so I'm 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 curious. So what happened? in college that made you change from, well, because you know, I'm biased. I'm a mechanical engineer. Yeah, what yeah. happened <laughs> that, that or, or if anything happened, um, that made you change from mechanical engineering to math and physics? That's, that's a very good question. Um, it was pretty much, I can say, I had a summer internship with uh, a state department. I, Enjoyed the internship. It was in mechanical engineering. However, um, when I was in my fourth year in thermodynamics, at that point, I think it was thermodynamics two or three, I had a professor. Yes, so you know thermodynamics. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had a professor at that time, and I, I thought I was well on my way with the engineer, with mechanical engineering, because I had the internship and everything. And I had a professor that really discouraged me from going into mechanical engineering mm -hmm. wow. and he's like you know that was my second time taking the class because I didn't get it the grade that I wanted and he's like you know what maybe this really is not for you mm. wow and not having I was the first generation college student in my family um not having someone else there uh, as that support in engineering or in the technical field that was there to, yep, mm -hmm. that was there pretty much to counsel me and like, no, you can do it. And many times I say, you know, I really wish I would have went to HBCU, <laughs> you know, because it's, yeah, but other, just the support that I see that's received there. But yeah, so that kind of deterred me and steered me in a way of, I love physics anyway. 
and I was, I really like math. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Wow. You know, unfortunately, I wish I could say that this was a one-off, um, it, but it's not. There are so many points along the way that we, um, as Black women, Black women and girls um, and minority women in general um, get discouraged along the way by people who are there to support us, yeah, or yeah. are there to basically give us a hand up or hand out, or, you know, just support, just be there to say, hey, this is, and maybe he thought he was doing you a favor, um, but uh, I, I really hate to hear that, but it's all too familiar. Yes, it definitely is. And then, so from there, so uh, how, tell me what a data database analyst does. Only, I mean, I think I know, but I have, I'm pretty sure that I have some um, audience members who are going to be like, ah, what, what, is, what does that person do? Okay. So a database administrator, I was a database administrator for Oracle. So Oracle is pretty much a, a huge, pretty like Microsoft. Oracle is a database application software that's in the background. And of course, you know, data is any type of data information that's stored. So a database administrator is a person who administers or um, protects, oversees, backup, recovery of any data that a company may have. So um, I was a database administrator for one of uh, Chicago's trading uh, platforms. Uh, we have Mercantile Exchange, we have Chicago Board of Trade, which is one of the ones I work for. Um, and pretty much, we pretty much oversaw and uh, maintained, backed up the data that you see on the stock market. So all the ticks and all the, the pricing and all the shares and stocks and all that information that you see going across uh, in a pit. You know, you see going across the screen and of shares and the stock market, Dow Jones and those things. Well, that's data and that data has to be stored. Um, so a database administrator, it was six of us over the whole exchange. We pretty much were the ones who were the gatekeepers with gatekeepers with the data. And that's what a database administrator, it's very lucrative job and or occupation. It's in a computer science field and it, uh, it's just real rewarding. It's, uh, just the high availability of data. So we made, made sure that it was backed up, that it will be recovered, made sure that uh, it was different databases, even with the membership data. So anything that's going on, you know, everything has data and it has to be uh, protected. Wow. Data, you know, data security, data, you know, cybersecurity, those things are all wrapped up in securing data. Well, I mean, I think that's, I'm I'm really glad that we're talking about this um, because I know that um, data science is really huge right now, big data, um, and people still are confused as to what it is because it's sort of like you want to, you, everybody talks about it, like everybody, oh, so, oh your data, how to protect your data online, and there's uh, people are using your data for blah, 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 right? So uh -huh. it's like, well, what? what is it exactly like because I guess because it's not something we can pick up anymore and you exactly. know files and it's like this is my data <laughs> right 
Exactly. Um, so you can't see it. So it sort of becomes this nebulous thing that's sort of out there and you don't know, you can't put your hands on. Right, right. It's it, it's in the cloud. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's in the cloud. <laughs> and so, right. Um, but data, but, you know, big data is really a huge thing. Um, they're actually more, um, there are more opportunities for um, our kids than ever before in this industry. We just need, it's, a, it's another STEM area where there is, where there's a shortage of people. Definitely, uh, especially for minorities. Um, I would encourage, and I do, I encourage my students all the time to look at those fields of computer science, not just about coding, um, but the fields of, you know, big data, data analysis, um, you know, things of uh, a data conglomerate of different areas in the area when it comes to STEM. And I think a lot of times, that especially in the minority community, it's like, oh, you know, sometimes it's too hard or no, I don't wanna, you know, it's, it takes a lot of this or a lot of that, but a, many of the fields, you can go to a two-year college, right. you know, right. you, and, and you can get a certificate in different areas of computer science, you know, computer hardware and different things like that. The community colleges offer a lot of things in that area and you can go into database administration Many companies are uh, sponsoring and financially paying for you to get certified in uh, A++ certifications and CompTIA, you know, different areas, so. So why do you, um, and this is again, pure speculation on our part, but why do you suppose it's sort of still, you know, why, why do you think STEM is still not, as big as it could be in in, in our communities? Mm, that's an excellent question. Um, <clears throat> I particularly uh, grew up in the urban area, um, the, a low-income area, actually, uh, one of the lowest-income areas in Chicago. And, of course, I didn't know anything about uh, areas of STEM, and I didn't know anything about database or um, computer, different areas of that sort. Mm -hmm. But in our community, there is a lack of information getting disseminated to us. And I encourage pretty much even my students to look at fields that are career and technical education fields, which is CTE. Those areas are areas that we can take advantage of just from a community college level. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I have to go to a four-year college, but it can be introducing yourself to those things um, and being open to that. So the information is there with what's there for STEM. It's just that it somehow it's not being readily uh, brought to our communities, but I think a community college is a good good segue to open up the knowledge of learning what is there for us. And so, it's, um, I love this conversation because um, I think you're right, uh, not just because I think you're right, but I, I really do feel like our community colleges, our technical colleges are really good, solid, sound 
um, places for our students, for people who look like us, whether you are a male or a female, to go get a certificate, get your, get your foot in the door, explore, see if this is the thing that you want to do. Some of these certificates take a month, yes. months, three months. You can invest three months of your time to see if, get this, this certification, networking certification, C++, whatever it is, get this certification, yes. go there, see if this is a thing you want to do. If it's not, okay, well, you still have options. You are still not, it's like, it's not too late. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Right. I think sometimes our kids believe like you only have a certain time frame to do it and you got to do it when you're young. And I'm like, ah, I used to work at a community college. Um, and I mean, my oldest student was 76 years old. Wow. And she was in there learning CAD. Like she was right. She was learning CAD because she had had her, um, she had had a business. Her husband had had a business and he passed away and she didn't, um, she didn't want to give it up. So she had, she had learned some things from him, but there were pieces of the business that she was like, I just don't know that. And I'm losing business because I don't know that. So she came back to school and, and it was, it was, it was the funniest of sights, but not like, you know, haha funny. It was just so touching, kind of like, aw, because her best, her best friend in the class was this 18 year old student. Wow. Um, and, and he, she actually hired him once they, they both graduated. Look at that. Wow. To work for her in her company. Cause by that time her company had started to flourish and she understood. She was like, okay, by this time I'm like, I'm 78. I'm, I'm not going to keep doing this, but I've got this young, this young man here um, who shows promise and I can take him under my wing. And, and the, the story is, is that this was a, this was an older white lady and this was a young black man. Um, and she took under her wing and they, you know, they are still, well, she's still alive, but they are still going strong in wow. business together. She has made him a partner. And so, right. So these things can happen, but that wouldn't have happened at, a, I don't know if it would have happened in a four-year school, but I doubt it. Um, wow. He, you know, it's like, she only, she was like, I'm there because the because uh, of the opportunity that a community college offered her, because of course she could take, exactly Georgia, she could take courses for free, I'll say. Um, so she could come back because I think it's over if you retirement age, you can go yeah. to school for free. Yes. Yes. She was taking full advantage. She's like, I want to learn this thing. And she did. And those are the examples that I think that our kids need, need to see that it's not a matter of age or time. It's about willingness. Yes. And um, taking advantage of opportunities as, as they are presented to you. And uh and do do a thing. I mean, the 18-year-old, he had gotten accepted to um, to Georgia Southern, which is um, one of the universities here. And he wow. was I just can't afford to go, you know? So he came to community college for two years and then transferred in. See? And I was like, that's how you do that. Exactly. I have my, uh, my mom, she went back to school when we were in high school. She went back to the community college and she was 48. 
And, you know, she finished, she had only had a high school diploma and she decided that, okay, my girls are about to go to college. So I want to at least have some type of college degree. Mm-hmm. And so it's never too late. And, and that's such a gem. The community college is such a gem in our communities, in our urban communities um, that can open up, like, as you said, Dr. Anderson, a wealth of opportunity. That's an awesome story. Yeah. I, anyway, every time I think about uh, the two of them, I just get so tickled because I'm like, they are the, they're the story. This is what you, this, they are what you want to see um, happen when you come to, when you, when you're thinking about the, the, I don't know, the joys of a college experience. That's one that like neither one of them are ever going to forget. So exactly. Um, wow. Okay. So now tell me as a STEM manager, so what's that about and what are, what's your, I guess, give me a day in a life. Okay. It's a dream job. It's like a passion because I get to interact with the young people, which I love. I love, love, love my young people. I mean, they have so much fire and so much uh, tenacity and passion for whatever they do. So I get to pretty much um, I'm pretty much support a partnership between the high school and college, uh, the community college in our area. So we have a partnership and we are building our dual enrollment, dual credit at our high school, which is huge. Um, that I didn't take advantage of when I was in high school, and I don't even think they had it actually. And that is something that uh, I get to to pretty much support our students in, um, to give them that opportunity that and show them, and even our parents, that they can save uh, thousands of dollars mm-hmm. by students being able to take advantage of dual enrollment, dual credit, and earn you know, at the most 18 credit hours before they uh, go into college. So, and I also, the other part is uh, of my job is pretty much establishing STEM clubs in the high schools or establishing, um, actually we're working on writing grants. I just, I was awarded a grant to, with one of the huge universities here to start a STEM club with nanotechnology and yeah, electrical engineering to expose the students. And I just finished that training up last week. So, um, and then also starting a robotics, um, a robotics uh, club at the high school. So that's my huge, that's my day. And I, I know I'm kind of like, oh, fidgety because oh, I get so excited. I probably super <laughs> excited for you. This, this does seem like a dream job. I mean, you get to you get to um, impact students on on several different levels, yes. which I think, you know, any any person with a heart for students, any educator, that's sort of what we, that's what we live for. Yes. Um, and, and you're doing it in an area, I mean, that is your background and you, because you know the stories and you, you could probably um, give them that personalized touch on like why this is important, why it's important to see you sitting in these seats, doing this thing, going to these classes. It's important that they see us in these roles and it's not just, yes. um, 
You know, I mean, it's just not like service. It's like, no, she's the real deal. She knows what she's talking about. She's lived it. She's she has stories to tell and she can inform you. you Yes. From a place that like I have the knowledge, but I have the knowledge, you know. Exactly. And I'm and and it's so fortunate um that I am in the area that I grew up in. Mm. Love. So when I look at my students, you know, I look at me. Yeah. Or any young person. It doesn't have to be my students. But when I look at these these beautiful chocolate and caramel faces, I'm like looking at Tasha. Yeah. Because I was there on the other side of that desk. Like, how do I I remember being so afraid when the college called me and said, okay, you know, when I was 18 and graduated and it was the summer and I was just talking to one of my college buddies about this. It was, in the, and they called and said, okay. They told my mom, she needs to pack up her things. She has to be a part of the engineering bridge program. So the bridge program was the program that was the summer before you started your freshman year. Mm-hmm. I was from the, you know, a low income urban little, you know, little area and Right. So, like, so what? What? What are you saying? Exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. All I know is where I'm at, and you know, listening to the MC Light and Juan <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and LL Cool J and Tribe Called Quest, and you know, that was my life. Big earrings, big bright. You know, so going to a college campus, like what? So. I can imagine the culture shock um, of it. Cause, I can imagine because I know. <laughs> Even though, like, so I went to Georgia Tech. I started at Georgia Tech, ended at Southern Tech, which is just up the road in now Kennesaw State, one of the big universities, the big three, we call them. Okay. Um, well, actually, there's actually four, but you know, it's Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Kennesaw State, and the University of Georgia. Those are the big four here. Okay. But going down there for the summer and moving in after you've lived with your your parents or your mother and your siblings and then being in a room by yourself with, or at least for me, as with a white girl who was like, <laughs> okay, she was not, like she was there, she was, my roommate was, I had a roommate for one day. Yeah. I had a roommate for one day. So we I looked at her, she looked at me, and I was just like, Well, I'm not leaving. Exactly. So so she left. Um, but that was my that was literally my first time being away away from home like that. Exactly. And it was, yeah, it was scary. It's like you have to grow up real fast. Yep. <laughs> but it, but we so glad we pushed through. Man, you know, I am. Um, I always tell those stories, but, you know, at the time, I think they were, they may have been traumatic. I don't know that I remember it that way. It was literally like, okay, so um, one of us, I I get, I got really, um, I was real clear on that I was staying. Um, When her mother came in, she kind of looked at me and Mm. we both sort of did the, oh, you know, so I was like, well, y'all are free to leave. That would mean more space for me. (laughs) <laughs> exactly I was not going to play that game I wasn't even you know I could have been That's a great but it was just like hey if they have enough room for you and me and they're not putting somebody else in my space that's right I shared because I'm a twin so I shared a room with oh. somebody 
my whole life. So having a room by myself was like, okay, this is what this is. All right. <laughs> like, this is mine. I'm... <laughs> it was a new experience. <laughs> exactly. But I love that you um, you wake up every day and you get to walk in, walk into your purpose like this. It's just, you mm. don't get to see it every day and it looks good on you. Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I do have a, maybe one, one or two more questions. So if you, um, who, who would you say were or are some mentors that you have in your life? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> definitely, I would say growing up, it was my grandmother. Um, my grandmother's, my family is from Louisiana, New Orleans. And so her moving up here as a, pretty much our first generation, she was one that saved her money and moved here, single mom, and purchased the building. Um, and she was a trailblazer. She would always tell me, I clean the white people floor so you would not have to. Mm. So make sure you get your college, not high school, make sure you get your college education. And she would take me to the bank as a little girl and show me what CDs were and show me how to invest your money and how to get uh, life insurance. So she definitely was one that gave me an early, early confidence as a mentor that uh, she's a surgical nurse. Um, she had earned her education and was at one of the big hospitals here. Um, so she was definitely um, my mentor uh, growing up, and she still is, and God rest her soul. Mm -hmm. um, but I can say that's that's one of my huge mentors, is was my grandmother and still is, because I'm still walking in things that she showed me. Um, to do. I, I so love that. Um, I th often think of my grandmother who was a maid in some white people's houses um, mm -hmm. in South Carolina um, and who had an eighth grade education. Wow. Uh, wanted to be a teacher when she grew up, um, but wasn't able to. She bore 13 kids and um, wow. so she did that until my grandfather died when she had to get a job and she had an eighth grade education. So she Amazing. was a maid in one of the houses down off the battery in Charleston, South Carolina. People in Charleston will know where that is. So, um, and we having to spend summers with her um, which were some of the joys of my life at the time. You know, when I think back on them now, I'm like, I learned so much during those yes. times. Um, just having conversation, just being allowed to be in spaces, you know, and listen to my uncles and my aunts have talk about their their upbringing and the way things were um, and, and how far we had come. And like my grandmother's house had six bedrooms in it. And, and at one point, there was no bathroom. There was an outhouse, and they had added on a bathroom. They, Amazing. My mother, um, who was the youngest, um, my mother is the youngest, so there are stories that she has about, like, taking the trip to the, to the outhouse to use the bathroom and those things. So 
Wow. I, um, so get that and, and admire how hard she worked yes. for with 13 kids. So, um, man, I mean, you can't take anything from them because they worked so hard for just the little bit that they got. It, 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 I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, I, they are giants. I mean, our ancestors, uh, they're, I'm huge into, I, I do ancestry work, um, on, in the summer, and that's one of my hobbies. I love it. Um, I was able to connect my mom to her family that she had never met before. So my African ancestry and anyone of us, our, our ancestry is who we are. We have to know who we are in order to know where we're going. So what my grandmother put in me um, is priceless. And we, we, as you said, we just have to get, I will get real frustrated about doing my math and doing the problems and things. And she, I remember one day she's like, you can do this. She would get, she got on the floor and she said, do you want to see what, do you want to see what I had to go through? And she got on the floor. She, she said, I would have to take a, a nickel and she took a nickel and I would have to go on the white people's floor who I clean and I would have to get the gum up that would get stuck on the floor. And she's like, this is what, this is what I did for you to be able to do what you're doing. I mean, she, and I was in grammar school when she was telling me this. Wow. So we have to, we really have to appreciate and treasure, as you said. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> They're giants. They are giants. Yeah, I don't have, I mean, there's not, there's not much that you could say that, I mean, they did what they had to do and they are so resilient in, in ways that I don't, I don't know if we are, you know, because, yeah. because they had to be. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it, I'm immensely proud of my grandmother and I know you are of yours. Um, yes, we are. One one last question. Well, so tell us. So here's what I, I asked all my um, all my guests again. So what's happening right now that you want my audience to know about um, that maybe they can take advantage of, especially if they're in Chicago or beyond? Um, mm -hmm. And where can they find you if they want to look you up? Well, I'm on Twitter. Um, T Scott Hand is my handle. Um, Things that are going on now, I'm currently pursuing my PhD. Uh, I plan to be on a, a podcast that I've done before in the past, and it's another one. It's Quisitory, um, and it, it's going to be broadcast sometime this fall, and I have narrated two stories on Lou Rawls and Muhammad Ali, so look for that. And it should be broadcast. Last year I did it and they had, uh, I believe it was Big Boy who kind of introduced me, yeah, in California. Yeah, so um, that's coming up again on a podcast, on a different podcast, which is Quisitory. So it's, it's a huge thing that um, really researches and things of our ancestry and our history giants and things Lovely. like that. I love that. I love that. Okay, so give us your Twitter handle again so people can look it up. 
Yes, it's T Scott Hand, H-E-N-D. Awesome. So, and then yep. what's the name of the podcast again? It's Quiz Tory, Q-U-I-Z-T-O-R-Y. Awesome. So listeners, you guys go and, and listen to that podcast right after you listen to mine and then go and look up Tasha and see what else she's into and up to. All right. So our last question of the of the day is if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what what would you tell her and why? I would tell my younger self, and I thought about this many times, that you are enough. And you have earned a seat at any table. Yes. Any table, not just an African-American table, not just a Caucasian table. You have earned a seat at any table. And why would I tell myself this? And I kind of shared it a little bit uh, earlier. And as you know, of switching my major, yeah. um, because it is important for us, especially us ladies, that we know who we are and whose we are. And I am uh, firm, my faith is in God is really what gives me that courageous stance. And it is important for us not to, or try to as much as we possibly can, squash the imposter syndrome. Yes, it's real and we must combat it and win. Exactly. So we are enough. We are enough. Ah, love, love, love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, again, I do um, want to thank you for being on the show today. I enjoyed this conversation more than you probably know. I did too. Uh, oh, great. I'm, I'm really great. So um, uh, what do I want to say? I, again, thank you. And thank you. Audience, oh, you're, you're so welcome. And to my audience, you guys, you know, I'm always um, out here trying to find the best guests for the show. Um, people who have a compelling story, people who want to tell their story. And um, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode as much as, as we did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thoroughly. I want to do it again. No. <laughs> I mean, um, but uh, as always, I really want you guys to be safe. Um, and I hope that you guys are being careful. Um, wear a mask. Please. And uh, take care of yourself. And until we can meet each other again, um, yeah, you guys, until we meet again. So uh, see you you next time. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Stimming in Stilettos. I sincerely hope that you learned something new from our guest today. Remember that you can listen to Stimming and Stilettos anywhere podcasts are found. You can follow us on Facebook at Stimming and Stilettos. You can find Dr. Tasha on Facebook and Twitter at Dr. Tasha 11, Instagram at Dr. Tasha. So until next time. Thank 
thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.